0: Hey, welcome, everyone, to our study of the Visuddhi We're starting
1: on page six. No, what is the page? Robin, you want to start us off?
0: Sure, it's page 69, section 60. The open-air dweller's practice is undertaken
2: with one of the following statements, I refuse a roof and a tree root, or I undertake the open-air dweller's practice. An open-ear dweller is allowed to enter the Upasatha house for the purpose of hearing the Dhamma or for the purpose of the Upasatha. If it rains while he's inside, he can go out when the rain is over instead of going out while it's still raining. He is allowed to enter the eating hall or the fire room in order to do the duties or to go under a roof in order to ask the elder bhikkhus in the eating hall about a meal or when teaching and taking lessons Or to take beds chairs etc inside that have been wrongly left outside if he is going along a road with a requisite belonging to a senior and it rains he is allowed to go into a wayside rest house if he has nothing with him he is not allowed to hurry in order to get to a rest house but he can go at his normal pace and enter it and stay there as long as it rains these are the directions for
0: it and the same rule applies to the tree root dweller too Is it me next? It's you next, funka
3: Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, this has three grades too. Here in uh, one, here in one who is tricked is not allowed to live near a tree or a rock or a house. You should make a rope tent, try it out in the open, and uh, live in that. The medium one is allowed to live near a tree or a rock or a house, so long as he is not covered by them. The mild one. The Maidan is allowed these a rock overhang without a drip ledge cut in it, a heart of branches, a cloth stiffened with paste, and a tent uh, treated as a fixture that has been left by field watchers, and so on. The moment any of these uh, three goes under a roof or to a tree root to dwell there, his ascetic practice is broken. The reciters of uh, Anguttara say that. It is broken as soon as he knowingly meets the dawn there. This is the bridge in this case.
1: We, um, I, when I was living in Sri Lanka some years ago, we were staying near cliffs that had a drip ledge cut into them, an ancient one. And the folklore said that uh, it was the king, it was back when it was there was a kingdom and the king was living in that area and uh, he had the drip ledge cut it's uh you could see it up there this is actually how it's uh um, how people lived way back when they would uh, just chisel uh an eaves in because all it takes is enough to make the rain go sideways instead of down otherwise you get drips all over the place
3: you remember the name of the king bante
0: I don't think I was ever told it. All right. Bhante, can you read 62?
1: The benefits are these. The impediment of dwellings is severed. Stiffness and torpor are expelled. His conduct deserves the praise. Like deer, the bhikkhu live unattached and homeless. He is detached. He is free to go in any direction. He lives in conformity with the principles of fewness of wishes, and so on. I've never lived in open air. Ah, oh, wait. Let me think. I've lived. Um, I've lived in a forest. So it doesn't. It isn't really. It isn't true. But uh, just on a mat can't think about living in the open air is 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 harsh because you're 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 exposing yourself to the elements i'd say it's borderline as to whether it's actually should be allowed but um as long as the sun isn't shining too hard but i would say if the sun is shining too hard it's uh, probably improper because it's going to be too too hard on the body i mean now of course you get skin cancer and, and so on but sunburns—even just a sunburn—is that's is a bit much. It's certainly it, it it's potentially doable, but not something that's why I would widely recommend. But we used to do meditation practice when I was again when I was in Sri Lanka. I would give talks out in the open, in the jungle, and uh, one time I was giving a talk, and the subject of the talk was about bearing with difficulty or something. And I said, okay, so in, in regards to this talk, as it was sitting there, that it started to rain, or, or there was thunder. We knew the rain was coming. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, in, having given this talk, I think it would be uh, you know, kind of hypocritical if I didn't put it into practice. I was saying, normally right after the talk we do meditation, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I said, whoever wants to stay can stay. And there was one uh, one meditator who stayed with me, and we... We ended up doing uh, an hour and a half, two hours, an hour and a half of meditation, walking and sitting. And the rain wasn't so bad, but the the hard part was the lightning, because it was all around us, and it was very, very close. So the potential for getting struck by lightning was higher than normal, and it was, it was really more of a meditation on uh, the, the inevitability of death or the, the closeness, how, how easy it is to die. So meditation on death and acknowledging fear and that kind of thing but uh, there's something definitely to this uh, giving up and allowing yourself for example to get soaked by rain or uh, just giving yourself up to the elements Uh, I I know what I was thinking about one night when I stayed in a park under a picnic table so again not really in the open air because there was a picnic table but it was more just to hide actually because it was in a city and they didn't want people to see me but uh there's something so freeing about just being able to live without having any shelter or any protection it's quite uh, quite a uh, a practice
2: are there people who do that are there people who do that for years or back in the buddha's time were there people who did that for years
1: as i said living the buddha didn't even recommend living in the open air there's times where he talked about it as being an ascetic practice that he tried he recommended living at the foot of a tree, you know, having some shade but uh, and some protection from rain and, and so on. Because it's, it, you know, living, except in these special circumstances where one is doing the Dutangas and really doesn't have anything else to concern themselves about, it's impractical because your robes stay wet during the rainy season, for example. And it's actually, sorry, it's actually you're not allowed to live like that in the rainy season. For that reason, you need a shelter. But, um, and because of the heat, probably more the heat, because they'd only do this during, if they did this practice, they'd only do it during the time it wasn't raining. So, I'd be more concerned about the, the sun, getting sunburnt and getting uh, heat stroke and so on.
3: Manthe, uh, Venerable Kassapa, Kassapa he actually did practice this, right?
0: Not that I know of. He did the forest dwellers' practice.
3: So just okay, for the... I thought he was uh, keeping to all the twelve practices.
1: I don't know. I, I I can't think off the top of my head of anyone who actually practiced the open air. Um, dwellers practice but you know there are monks today it's been an ongoing practice There are monks who practice a lot of these at the end you're going to see he's going to enumerate how to practice all of them you can't actually practice all of them this one especially is it's in conflict with some of the others but
0: um you know it's people do undertake to practice this for sure Thank you. David, Are you? Um, do you have your mic set up to read out loud?
4: Can you hear me now?
2: Uh, yes, if you can just speak maybe a little louder. And are you able to read se- section 63 there?
4: Sure, I'll try to speak up. The open air provides a life That aids the homeless, homeless bhikkhu's strife Easy to get and leaves his mind Alert as a deer, so he shall find Stiffness and torpor brought to halt, under the star bejeweled vault. The moon and sun furnish his light, and concentration his delight. The joy seclusion savor gives, he shall discover, soon who lives, in open air, and that is why, the wise prefer the open sky. This is the commentary on the undertaking, directions, grades, breach, and benefits. In the case of the open air dwellers, practice
0: makes a lot more
1: sense at night. I think I would say this would be, as as mentioned in the text, it's a great one to practice all night out in the open air, um, for obvious reasons. I think it's there's a lot of non-Buddhists who do this as well, stargazing and so. On. But just the peace of being out in the open with nothing around, pretty cool.
3: Also, in uh you are near the near places like uh, the Himalaya mountain when the sun is not so strong, you could probably practice it.
0: I thought it would be stronger as you get higher up. Thank you. Glenn, can you read 64?
5: Um, section 9. The charnel ground dwellers practice is undertaken with one of the following statements. I refuse what is not a charnel ground, or I undertake the charnel ground dweller's practice. Now the charnel ground dweller should not live in some place just because the people who built the village have called it the charnel ground, for it is not a charnel ground unless a dead body has been burnt on it. But as soon as one has been burnt on it, it becomes a charnel ground, even if it has been neglected for a dozen years it is so still.
1: This is a fun one. This is one that's often practiced in Asia. But it has a lot more significance there. One thing that I think Western Buddhists don't know or or appreciate is how afraid of ghosts people in Asia generally are. It struck me as incredible, really, how serious they take... Uh, the existence of spirits, malevolent spirits, and demons. (laughs) So, uh, what was I, in Sri Lanka, uh, the monk I was living with, he's a really good monk and a good meditator, but we were having a discussion, and I can't remember what, I think it was about living in the cave, and... It was such a, such a funny conversation. He said something like, uh, um, you know, there's 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 spirits in, in the cave that you're in or something like that. And I said, oh, um, are you afraid of spirits? <laughs> and he looked at me and he was so serious and he said, well, yes, of course. <laughs> it, it, it's like they really are very much afraid, much more than in the West. You know, Western people do get afraid of ghosts and afraid of the dark and so on, but... It really is a whole other level. Thai people refuse to stay. Often will refuse to stay alone in their huts, um, and will refuse to stay in forest monasteries or so on. I was uh, living alone in the jungle, and that kind of thing is just even for most monks, well, for many monks, it's unthinkable because of the the fear of mm-hmm. of the dark. Um, but so living in a charnel ground is is the epitome of that, and it's it's a huge deal. Uh, I remember one night spending in a place where they burnt dead bodies. It was actually an old, um, no longer used area, but the cement was still there, and everything was all set up to where to be a place where they would burn bodies. Maybe they were still using it, but there is something powerful there, and there potentially. You can imagine that there were would-be spirits hanging out in such a place. Um, It's quite a practice to sort of associate yourself with dead bodies. Another thing is, um, like in the monastery I was in in Sri Lanka, the monk who was the abbot at the time passed away while I was there, and we burnt his body, or they burnt his body. I was suffering from dengue at the time. Um, but they burnt his body inside the monastery, just a little ways away. And I had another conversation with the 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 monk who then became the abbot. Um, and again, he was we were talking about the idea of staying all night next to the body. and for me, it just didn't seem like that big of a deal, but it was a, he said you know to him it was it, it was a big thing to sit next to a, a, a dead body it's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of fear of of spirits but the, the the key here of course is its association with death in uh, in terms of the the ancient tradition it's the reflection on death
0: that i uh, mean makes living in a charnel ground so appealing saw some um, really funny, really humorous
2: Thai commercials, TV commercials, and they were kind of filled with, with that. It was like a whole series of them. They were kind of filled with uh, spirits and people being afraid. And I seem, it seemed to be like the Thai people were making fun of you know, that, that particular thing, that there is so much fear of spirits, but they're really funny commercials.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen those Thai, Thai commercials are generally very clever. But, uh, it, yeah, it's it's amazing how big of a deal it is,
0: uh fear of spirit. Definitely. Thank you. John, can you read 65? One who dwells there
6: should not be the sort of person who gets walks, pavilions, etc. built, has beds and chairs set out and drinking and washing water kept ready. He preaches the Tama? For this ascetic practice is a momentous thing. Whoever goes to live there should be diligent and should first inform the senior elder of the order or the king's local representative in order to prevent trouble. When he walks up and down, he should do so looking at the pyre with half an eye. On his way to the charnel ground, he should avoid the main roads and take a by-path. He should define all the objects there while it is day so that they will not assume frightening shapes for him at night. Even if non-human beings wander about screeching, he must not hit them with anything. It is not allowed to... to miss going to the channel ground, even for a single day. The reciters of the Anguttara say that after spending the middle watch in the channel ground, he is allowed to leave in the last watch. He should not take such foods as sesame flour, peas pudding, fish, meat, milk, oil, sugar, etc., which are liked by non-human beings. He should not enter the homes of families. These are directions for it. These are the directions for it.
1: Yeah, that's... um, I think the, 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 the opposite or the other side of what I was talking about earlier is that Probably we in the West are far too ignorant of the actual existence of these sorts of beings. Like the understanding really is that such beings abound in these places. And uh, I I think it has to be, you have to meet somewhere in the middle where you appreciate the fact that they are there, but um, learn to overcome the fear. I think. Certainly people in the West, when they do uh, are confronted with uh, sort of a perception that such beings do exist, they become as freaked out as people in the East. We just sort of tend to not think of them as even existing. So, uh, yeah, this is actually meant to be taken seriously, that you can expect that non-human beings will wander about screeching and so the advice is, don't hit them with anything.
2: So, so the advice to not take the food with you is that because they would be attracted to
0: the food. I, I'm not. Um, I, I I presume so.
1: Interesting. And, and don't go to families because uh, you will smell like dead and be followed by pisacha goblins, by demons.
0: Thank you. Martin, can you read 66?
7: Uh, Can you hear me?
2: Yes, very well. Thank you.
7: Cool. Um, These are three grades too. Herein, one who is strict to live where there are always burnings and corpses and mourning. The medium one is allowed to live where there is one of these three. The mild one is allowed to live in a place that possesses the bare characteristics of a charnel ground already stated. When any one of these three makes his abode in some place not a charnel ground, his ascetic practice is broken. It is on the day on which he does not go to the charnel ground, the Anguttara reciters say.
0: This is the bridge in this case. Thank you. The benefits are these. He acquires
2: mindfulness of death. He lives diligently. The sign of foulness is available. Greed for sense-desire is removed. He constantly sees the body's true nature. He has a great sense of urgency. He abandons vanity of health, etc. He vanquishes fear and dread. Non-human beings
0: respect him and honor him. He lives in conformity with the principles of fewness of wishes, and so on.
3: Oh, even even, even in sleep, the dweller in a channel ground shows note of negligence, for death is ever present to his thought. He may be sure there is no lust after sense pressure press upon his mind, with many corpses present to his gaze. Rightly he strives because he gains a sense of urgency, while in his search for final peace he curbs all vanity. Let him that feels a learning to... Leaning to nibbana in his heart, embrace this practice for his, for it has rare virtues to impart. He should not go into families' houses because he smells, because he smells of the dead, and is followed by uh, pisaka goblins. Uh, this is the commentary on the undertaking directions grades bridge and uh, benefits in the case of channel ground dwellers
0: practice thank you sorry can you read 69
8: the any bed users practice is undertaken okay The any-bed user's practice is undertaken with one of the following statements. I refuse greed for resting places. Or, I undertake the any-bed user's practice. The any-bed user should be content with whatever resting place he gets. Thus, this falls to your lot. He must not make anyone else shift from his bed. These are the directions.
0: Thank you. Tina, can you read Seventy?
9: Can you hear me?
0: Yes, very well. Thank you.
9: Okay. This has three grades, too. Hearing one who is strict is not allowed to ask about the resting place that has fallen to his lot. Is it far or is it near or... Is it infested by non-human beings, snakes, or and so on? Or is it hot? Or is it cold? The medium one is allowed to ask, but not to go and inspect it. The mild one is allowed to inspect it. And if he does not like it, to choose another. As soon as greed for the resting places rises in any one of these three, his ascetic practice is broken. This is the breach in this instance.
0: Thank you. Bante. can you read 71? The benefits are
1: these. The advice, he should be content with what he gets, is carried out. He regards the welfare of his fellows in the life of purity. He gives up caring about inferiority and superiority. Approval and disapproval are abandoned. The door is closed against excessive wishes.
0: He lives in conformity with the principles of fewness of wishes and so on. Thank you. David, can you read 72? Sure.
4: One vowed to any bed will be Content with what he gets And he can sleep in bliss Without dismay On nothing but a spread of hay He is not eager for the best No lowly couch does he detest He aids his young companions too So that the monks' good life are new So for a wise man to delight in any kind of bed is right. A noble one this custom loves, as one the sage's lord approves. This is the commentary on the undertaking, directions, grades, breach, and benefits, in the case of the any bed user's practice.
0: Thank you. Glenn, can you read 73?
5: Section 13. The sitter's practice is undertaken with one of the following statements. I refuse lying down, or I undertake the sitter's practice. The sitter can get up in any one of the three watches of the night and walk up and down. For lying down is the only posture not allowed. These are the directions.
0: Thank you, John. Can you read 74?
6: This has three grades too. Herein, one who is strict is not allowed to backrest, or cloth band, or binding strap to prevent while falling asleep. The medium one is allowed any of these three. The mild one is allowed a backrest, a cloth band, a banding strap, a cushion, a five limb and a seven limb. A five limb is a chair made with four legs and a support for the back. A seven limb is one um, made of four legs a support for the back and arm support on each side. They made that, it seems for the elder, uh, pithabhaya, abhya of the chair. The elder became a non-returner and attained Nibbana. As soon as any one of these three lies down, his ascetic practice is broken. This is the breach in this instance.
1: So there you go, we have someone becoming a non-returner
0: sitting in a chair. Interesting example. The benefits
7: are these. The mental shackle described this. He dwells indulging in the pleasure of lying prone, the pleasure of lolling, the pleasure of torpor. He is uh, severed. His state is, shu- is suitable for devotions to any meditation subject. His deportment inspires confidence. His state favors the application of energy. He develops the right practice.
1: Note that this um, isn't exactly saying not to sleep. It's uh, I did this once. Um, I wasn't on a retreat, but I just decided we were doing. It was the same time I was living in the forest, just on a mat. I went to this. They have this uh, yearly thing where they. The monks get together and try to purify their morality, so they'll they'll practice a little more strictly than uh, before. And I showed up with a tent and a thermarest and a sleeping bag and all this stuff, and and saw there were other monks living in in uh, these leaky leaf and straw huts, and some monks just living, I think, just out in the in the open maybe under a tarp or something. And uh, it just struck me how how silly it was to bring all this gear. So I donated it all to the monastery and just set up a mat and, and stayed for 10 days on this mat with just my robes, I think, as blankets. And uh, somewhere near the end or maybe the whole way through, but for for quite a few nights, me and another monk we would just we, we did this practice where we just sit and it doesn't mean you don't fall asleep. We did fall asleep, but you fall asleep sitting up. Uh I didn't even use a back rest like sitting against a tree or anything. I just got good at falling asleep sitting up. Um and so you'd think that's kind of defeats the purpose, but it doesn't really. You can't sleep for hours and hours on end when you're sitting up. The most you can probably get is I think maybe an hour and a half or maybe a couple hours if you're good, but uh, you sleep just as much as you need and your body doesn't let you sleep anymore because it's not a very comfortable position. And so then you can get up and and keep doing your practice. It's
0: uh, quite useful even if you're not thinking of going without sleep. A question, Bhante, is lying down forbidden in meditation? Um, of course not.
1: Uh, oh, you mean doing lying meditation? Is it possible to do lying meditation? Certainly, that's lying meditation is um, considered to be
0: the ideal method of sleeping. Okay, uh, we are on page 73, section 76. Martin, can you read 76?
7: Yes. The adept that can place crosswise is feet to rest upon his thighs and sit with back erect shall make fall Mara's evil hard to quake. No more in supine joys to plump and wallow in lethargic dump, who sits for rest and finds it, it good, shines, shines forth in the ascetic's wood, the happiness and bliss it brings has naught to do with worldly things, so must the sitter's vow befit the manners of a man of wit. This is a commentary on the undertaking directions, grades, breach and benefits in the case of the
0: sitter's practice. Thank you. R. Gilmore, can you read 77?
10: Sure. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, very well. Thank you.
10: you. Now, there is a commentary according to the stanza for as to the profitable triad. I'm confused. What are these numbers referring to? I'm not sure. Um, 4. As to the profitable triad, 5. Ascetic, and so on, distinguished, 6. As a group, and also 7. Singly, the exposition should be. Nine.
0: Herein, as to the profitable triad,
2: all the ascetic practices, that is to say, those of the trainers, ordinary men, and men whose cankers have been destroyed, may be either profitable or, in the Arahant's case, indeterminate. No ascetic practice is unprofitable. But if someone should say there is also an unprofitable ascetic practice because of the words one of evil wishes, a prey to wishes, becomes a forest dweller, he should be told, we have not said that he does not live in the forest with unprofitable consciousness. Whoever has his dwelling in the forest is a forest dweller, and he may be one of the evil wish and he may be one of evil wishes or a few wishes, but as it was said above, they are the practice of a bhikkhu who is an ascetic because he has shaken off defilement by undertaking one or other of them.
0: Okay.
1: Are you is that finished?
2: No, it no, was a little fine. bit more, sorry. Or the knowledge that has got the name ascetic. Because it shakes off defilement is a practice belonging to these, thus they are ascetic practices, or alternatively they are ascetic because they shake off opposition, and they are practices because they are away because they are away. now, no one called ascetic on account of what is unprofitable could have these as his practices, nor does what is unprofitable shake off anything, so that these pra- so that these things to which it belonged as a practice could be called ascetic practices. And what is unprofitable does not both shake off cupidity for robes, etc., and become the practice of the way. Consequently, it was rightly said that no ascetic practice is unprofitable.
1: Okay, so as to your question, this whole chapter is about the 13 ascetic practices, and it it is explained in seven different ways. So, the majority of the text if you if you look at as it says in in paragraph or section three, if you scroll way up to the top or go back to the beginning of the chapter, you'll see it it enumerated these seven um means of explaining or seven aspects of the thirteen ascetic practices so the the bulk of the text so far has been going through one by one the first three. So it's the uh, the undertaking directions, grade, be- breach, and benefits. I did it one by one. For four, five, six, and seven, he's going to go a little bit more by group. So these that's what those numbers are referring to. This is just the rest of the explanation that he started out with in the beginning of the text.
0: So we just did, Robin just read number four. Or most of it, there's a little more. Sanka, can you read 79?
3: Yeah. Um, and those who hold that an ascetic practice is outside the profitable triad have no ascetic, pra- have no ascetic practice as regards meaning. Owing to the shaking off of what is non-existent, could it be called an ascetic practice? Also, there are the words proceeded to undertake the ascetic qualities, and it follows that those words are contradicted. So that should not be accepted. This, in the first place, is the commentary on the on the profitable tribe.
8: As to ascetic and so on distinguished, the following things should be understood. That is to say, ascetic, a preacher of asceticism, ascetic states, ascetic practices, and for whom this cultivation of ascetic practices is suitable.
9: Hearing ascetic means either a person whose defilements are shaken off or a state that entails shaking off defilements. A preacher of asceticism. One, uh, one is ascetic but not preacher of ascetic. Another is not ascetic, but a preacher of asceticism. Another is neither ascetic nor a preacher of asceticism. And another is both ascetic and a preacher of asceticism.
0: Thank you. Bhante, can you read 82? Herein, one who has shaken off
1: his defilements with an ascetic practice, but does not advise and instruct another in, ascetic, in an ascetic practice, like the elder Bakula, is ascetic but not a preacher of asceticism. According as it is said, now the venerable Bakula was ascetic but not a preacher of asceticism. One who has not shaken off his own defilements, but only advises and instructs another in an ascetic practice, like the elder Upananda, is not ascetic, but a preacher of asceticism, according as it is said. Now the Venerable Upananda, son of the Sakyans, was not ascetic, but a preacher of asceticism. One who has failed in both, like Laludayin, is neither ascetic nor a preacher of asceticism, according as it is said. Now the Venerable Laludhāyin was neither ascetic nor a preacher of asceticism. One who has succeeded in both, like the General of the Dhamma, that refers to Sariputta, is both ascetic and a preacher of asceticism, according as it is said, Now the
0: Venerable Sariputta was ascetic and a preacher of asceticism. Thank you. David, can you read 83? Ascetic states, the
4: five states that go with the volition of an ascetic practice, that is to say, fewness of wishes, contentment, effacement, seclusion, and that specific quality are called ascetic states because of the words depending on fewness of wishes and so on.
5: Herein, fewness of wishes and contentment, are non-greed. Effacement and seclusion belong to the two states, non-greed and non-delusion. That specific quality is knowledge. Herein, by means of non-greed, a man shakes off greed for things that are forbidden. By means of non-delusion, he shakes off the delusion that hides the dangers in those same things. And by means of non-greed, he shakes off indulgence and pleasure, due to sense desires, that occurs under the heading of using what is allowed. And by means of non-delusion, he shakes off indulgence in self-mortification that occurs under the heading of excessive effacement in the ascetic practices. That is why these states should be understood as ascetic states.
0: Thank you. Martin, can you read 85?
7: Yes, ascetic practices. These should be understood as the 13, that is to say, the refuse rag wearer's practice, the sitter's practice, which have already been described as to meaning and as to
0: characteristic, and so forth. Thank you. R. Gilmore, can you read 86?
10: For whom the cultivation of ascetic practices is suitable. They are suitable for one of greedy temperament and for one of deluded temperament. Why? Because the cultivation of ascetic practices is both a difficult progress and abiding in effacement, and greed subsides with the difficult progress, while delusion is got rid of in those diligent by effacement. Or the cultivation of the forest-dweller's practice And the tree root dwellers' practice here are suitable for one of hating temperament, for hate too subsides in one who dwells there without coming into conflict. This is the commentary as to ascetic and so on distinguished.
0: Six and seven, as to groups and also singly. Now,
2: six, as to groups, these ascetic practices are in fact only eight that is to say three principal and five individual practices herein the na- herein the three namely the house to house seekers practice the one sessioner's practice and the open air dweller's practice are principal practices for one who keeps the house to house seekers practice will keep the alms food eaters practice and the bowl food eaters practice and the later food refusers practice will and the later food refuser's practice will be well kept by one who keeps the one-sessioner's practice. And what need has one who keeps the open-air dweller's practice to keep the tree root dweller's practice, or the any-bed user's practice? So there are these three principal practices that together with the five individual practices, that is to say the forest dweller's practice, the refuse rag wearer's practice, the triple robe wearer's practice, the sitter's practice, and the charnel ground dweller's practice Come to eight
0: only.
3: Again, they come to four. That is to say, two connected with robes, five connected with arms, foot, five connected with the resting place, and one connected with energy. Herein it is the sitters' practice that is connected with energy. The rest, the rest are obvious. Again, they all amount to two only, since uh, twelve are dependent on rec- requisites and one on energy also there are two according to what is and what is not to be cultivated for when for when one cultivating an ascetic practice finds that his meditation subject improves he should cultivate it but when he is cultivating one and finds that his meditation subject deteriorates he should not cultivate it but when he finds that whether he cultivates or not whether he cultivates one or not his meditation subject only improves and does not deteriorate he should cultivate them out of comp- out of compassion for later generations, and when he finds that whether he cultivates them or not, his meditation subject does not improve, he should still cultivate them for the sake of acquiring the habit of, for the sake of acquiring the habit for the future. So they so they are of two kinds as what is and what is not to be cultivated.
8: And all are of one kind as volition, for there is only one ascetic practice, namely, that consisting in the volition of undertaking. Also, it is said in the commentary, it is the volition that is the ascetic practice, they say.
9: Singly, with 13 of bhikkhus, 8 for twelve, four. 12 for naives, seven for female probationers and female naives, and two for male and female lay followers, there are thus 42.
0: Can I just ask what a probationer is? It's uh, someone who is keeping the
1: six precepts, the point is before becoming a bhikkhuni they had a a stipulation that she had to go without uh, food in the evening for a period
0: of two years to ensure that she wasn't pregnant I believe maybe it's not two years, I can't remember, for some period of time. Thank you, Bante, can you read 91? If there is a charnel ground in the open that complies
1: with the forest-dweller's practice, one bhikkhu is able to put all the ascetic practices into effect simultaneously. Right. So it's possible to practice all of them. Um which is interesting because how can you live at the how could you both live in the open air how can you live in the open air and the root of a tree how is that possible i'm not sure but the two namely the forest dwellers practice and the later food refusers practice are forbidden to bikunis by training precept and it is hard for them to observe the three namely the open air dwellers practice the tree root dwellers practice and the charnel ground dwellers Practice, because a bikuni is not allowed to live without a companion and it is hard to find a female companion with like desire for such a place and even if available, she would not escape having to live in company this being so, the purpose of cultivating the ascetic practice would scarcely be served it is because they are reduced by five, owing to this inability to make use of certain of them that they are, un- they are to be understood as eight
0: only for bhikkhunis Thank you. David, would you read 92?
4: Except for the triple robe wearer's practice, all the other 12, as stated, should be understood to be for novices and all the other seven for female probationers and female novices. The two, namely the one sessioner's practice and the bowl food eater's practice, are proper for male and female lay followers to employ. In this way there are two ascetic practices. This is the commentary as to groups and also singly.
5: And this is the end of the treatise on the ascetic practices to be undertaken for the purpose of perfecting those spiritual qualities a fewness of wishes, contentment, and so forth. By means of which there comes about the cleansing of virtue as described in the Path of Purification, which is shown under the three headings of Virtue, Concentration, and Understanding contained in the stanza, When a Wise Man Established Well in Virtue. The second chapter called the Description of the Ascetic Practices in the Path of Purification Composed for the Purpose of Gladdening Good People.
0: so we finished chapter two okay we'll stop there and come back in 10 minutes for Polly thank you